Hello and welcome to another episode of Ascend, the official podcast of Ascend College Ministry at Our Lady of Good Counsel Catholic Church in Plymouth, Michigan. I'm your host, Carl Finkbeiner. The following talk was recorded at the Ascend College Night on Tuesday, July 7th. In this episode, we give thanks for the many blessings that our Lord has given us, including our families, our nation, the created world, and the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just invite you to be in this place right now, and most importantly, I invite you to be in our hearts. Open up our hearts to be able to express the thanksgiving that we have for all that you've given us, and all that you are, and all that we are. So as you lead us to a deeper understanding of the truth of our lives, and the gift of your church, and how it guides us and sustains us along this journey. We praise you, Lord, and we give you all thanksgiving for who you are and for what you're going to do tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so during the next couple weeks, the plan is to break open what it looks like to be a member of the church, what it looks like to live the Christian life as part of the church that Christ instituted. So I had a talk written along those lines, but the Lord really put something else on my heart today, um, which is just thanksgiving. And so I wanted to talk about that and our attitude of thanksgiving and also dive into a little bit of why the church is the main thing that we have to be thankful for as Catholics. So um, this kind of stemmed from the trip that I took this past week, week and a half with my family. We went out to Yellowstone, took a road trip 10 days in the car with my four younger siblings and my parents. And it was just a really blessed time. Um, something, you know, this whole summer has been a lot of surprises that I haven't expected and I think that none of us have expected, right? All of our plans kind of got thrown off the window because of quarantine and the virus and it's easy to look at all that and say, man, like God has taken so much away or at least the world has taken so much away from me, right? But in reality, God, he doesn't cause evil but he allows things to happen in order that good may come out of it. So, God is speaking something to every one of us through this. And so it's very important to have this attitude of, God, what, what, is, what is the gift that you have prepared for me or that you have given to me in this time? And that attitude of thankfulness allows us to begin living the gift that he's given us and, and really tapping into where he's leading us from this. So... I guess the three or the four, four of the main things that came out of this trip for me were just the beauty of family, the beauty of our nation, the beauty of God's creation, and the beauty of the church, and how thankful we all should be for all those things. So first off, family. You know, I've been, you know, reflecting on this a lot as I've been at home with my family for the last four months, and the word I keep using is that family life is a beautiful mess. Because these are the people who have been placed in our lives for us to love. And it's not always easy. Because these are the people who sometimes hurt us most or who we can hurt the most. But also these are the people who have vowed to love you, love us no matter what. And who we have an obligation to love no matter what. And there's, there's real beauty in that. Because family life is a training ground for love and for just treating, living out the Christian faith. Right? It's not glamorous. Look at Jesus's. 30 years of hidden life, right? There's nothing glamorous about it. He was a carpenter. But in that, he was the son of God. 
in everything he did, from the way that he set the table, from the way that he treated his parents and, and the other people in his community. He did it all with the love of God, and that's what we're called to. And in a special time this summer, when a lot of us are with family for an extended time, is an invitation to learn to love them in all their flaws and to prepare for someday having our own families, right? Like we're all young adults. We're all called to some sort of fatherhood or motherhood, whether that's physical or spiritual. But just beginning to ask the Lord for the grace to appreciate fatherhood and motherhood and the gift that it is and prepare us for whichever, however he calls us to live that out, that we are prepared in advance to be able to do so. The second thing that we should be thankful for is our country. Um, I know there's a lot going on right now that kind of detracts from that. Um, but on July 4th, the birthday of our nation, we, I was blessed to be able to be at Mount Rushmore. Um, so it was the night after, or the day after Trump had spoken, so I wasn't actually there for that. But still, everything was set up. So the stage with all the red, white, and blue, um, people, tourists coming in to see the monument and to celebrate our nation, and then, you know, four of the greatest presidents we've had looming over the whole landscape. And obviously those men were all flawed, and obviously we are all flawed, and our nation is all flawed in some way. But I was just filled with gratitude and this feeling of blessedness when I was standing beneath these monuments of the men who built our country into what it is, which is a place where we enjoy incredible freedom that we cannot take for granted. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, when his son was born, he praised the Lord, and part of what he said in his canticle was that the Lord has fulfilled his oath that he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. So we have an incredible blessing in this country to be able to worship our God without fear. And that's the greatest freedom that we can have. And it's something that we should not and cannot take for granted because who knows if it'll be around for that much longer, right? Even in the, in the, in the time frame of our kids and grandkids, who's to say that, that those rights won't start to be infringed upon? So just being grateful for what we have and praying for our nation and that those freedoms remain and that those freedoms are extended to everyone and that justice and peace truly come, not just in name or word, but that we continue to work as a nation toward true freedom and true justice. So something to be thankful for and also something to pray for is our nation. Third thing is just the beauty of creation. So many different things, even just in this country, that it just you, you stand there before a mountain or an open grassland or a geyser, and you just say, man, it looks like someone painted this or created this just for me to enjoy. And that's exactly what happened, right? God created all of this for us to enjoy. And it's something we say, we know, but it should fill us with awe every single time we ponder that fact. That all these wild animals that we see, all, these, all this ecosystem is created ultimately for our sake. And that that's what God sees. That no matter where we are, whether we're in some beautiful landscape or whether we're in a cubicle of an office building, right? God has created all for our good, and that's who he cares about, is us. And, that's, and we're called to also be stewards of that. You know, all this beautiful creation, to maintain it, to sustain it, and to thank God for it. And then the fourth thing that we should always be thankful for is the church. And this is kind of 
I'm going to dive into a little bit of what the talk was originally supposed to be about. Um, but just being away, being on the west side of the, of the country where daily mass isn't as prevalently available as it is here, the sacraments aren't as prevalently available, just really filled me with a, a thanksgiving for what we do have here. That, you know, within the, the span of a few miles, you can go to four or five Catholic churches, depending on your schedule, and be filled with the sacraments. But being out there also made me appreciate the fact that the men who, who served in the priesthood out there because it was, it was a battleground. You could tell some of these churches were actually designated as mission churches, you know, and they didn't have the, the huge populations that we have, but they wake up every day to serve the people that are in their lives and are in their community and to provide the sacraments, um, which gives us that supernatural life within us that we just can't find anywhere else. And that's why it's so wonderful that churches are, have begun to reopen and why we need to continue to run to the sacraments because they feed us with something that we can't get on our own strength, and that's the very life of Christ. So one great analogy for the church, kind of going back to this whole idea of climbing a mountain, right, that we began the summer with, it's obviously a heck of a lot easier and more enjoyable and safer to climb with a group of people than to climb a mountain by yourself, right? So... If you start straying off the path, your friends who you're climbing with can reel you back in and bring you back onto the straight and narrow path that leads to the summit. They can catch you when you fall. They can lift you back up. They can encourage you to go on, and they can challenge you to go places where you wouldn't go on your own. You know, let's say you're climbing a mountain and you come to a really steep cliff, and if you were alone, you might be tempted to just turn around and go back. Say, this isn't worth it. But if you see a handful of brothers and sisters climb that cliff before you and you know that there are two more behind you waiting to catch you if you do fall, that's going to give you the confidence you need to step out into the deep and to take risks. And that's what our, our faith life is about, right? It's about accepting the challenge of the Lord to go deeper. And sometimes that's very daunting, but having brothers and sisters with us allows it to be possible and inspires us to do so. And then it's wise to hire a Sherpa, you know, if you're, if you're going up into the mountains. A Sherpa is a tour guide, so it's someone who uh, has known the, knows the mountain like the back of his hand, has been climbing the mountain for years, you know, and he makes it, it's his personal responsibility and mission to make sure that everyone in the group makes it to the summit safely and has a good time and encourages them and, and works with them individually if they need it, right? So that's the role of the clergy in the church people who have dedicated their lives to ensuring that we reach the summit safely, people who have taken the time to learn the spiritual journey and who desire to help us to climb the mountain. And this was ordained by God, from, from, by Jesus, from the beginning of the church, who he appointed the apostles as the heads of the church. Jesus didn't establish a social club, but he established a body. So we're not just a group of people who come together because we have similar interests or because we do similar things, but we are truly the body of Christ. And St. Paul, I think, understands this best because when he was on his way to Damascus, right, he got struck by a great light. He was blinded and he heard the voice of Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting the people who follow me? He said, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul really understood deeply the reality that those who've been baptized 
into the Christian faith have been incorporated into the body of Christ. So one way I like to think about that is uh, the fact that Jesus is the head and we're the body. Everything originates in the head, but our actions are carried out by the body, right? So like, let's say I wanted to throw this microphone across the room. That would be a thought that entered my mind and my head. I don't know why I would want to do that. But anyway, it came from the head, right? But it's actually my arm and my hand that throws the microphone. So in the same way, everything that we do in the Christian life should originate from the mind of Christ, but it is us who carry it out. It is through us that Jesus is still Emmanuel, God with us. And so through us, Christ's hands still heal people. Through us, his lips still proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to the oppressed. And through us, Jesus, his feet still walk into the darkness and shed the light of the gospel into the darkness of our world. And so that's the incredible reality that we live in, that we are physically the body of Christ on earth and that he still lives here through us. And that's a great responsibility, but it's also a great thing to be grateful for that he has entrusted us with this mission. And of course, he, again, going back to the priests, you know, he, he allows them to act in the person of Christ the head. When the priest elevates the consecrated host, he says, this is my body given up for you. When he performs a sacrament of reconciliation, he says, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it is through the priest that Christ literally acts. And that's, a, that's, a, that's not just something we say, but it's something that we believe to be true, that the priest acts in the person of Christ the head. And he gave the apostles the authority to do so at the beginning of the church when he breathed on them. And he said, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you, obtain, you, you retain are retained. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And the apostles passed down that authority through the generations to their assistants and their successors. And so we have 2,000 years of church history where the mind of Christ has been discerned by the men and women who have been called to follow him. The magisterium, official teaching of the church, lays out the mind of Christ so that we, the body, can act upon the will of Christ. And that's something that is just, we are so blessed with as Catholics because we don't have to figure it out generation to generation. It's all there for us. It's all been provided for us. And not only is it an idea that we read about, but it is living and real in the sacramental life of the church. So, the only proper attitude to that, right, is a, a humble thanksgiving for what we've been given. And the church gives us a means of expressing that gratitude and that thanksgiving. The word Eucharist comes from the Greek word Eucharista because the Eucharist is an offering, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. There were several different types of sacrifices in the Old Testament uh, in ancient Israel. And one of them was the Todah offering, which was an offering of thanksgiving. And a Jewish scholar before the time of Christ prophesied that after the Messiah came, only one sacrifice would remain, and that's the Todah sacrifice, which has been fulfilled in the Eucharist. Every time we receive and participate in the Eucharist, in the Mass, the sacrifice of Christ becomes truly present and applied to us, and we offer our thanksgiving to the Father, and we have an opportunity to adore him in his physical presence in this blessed sacrament. So tonight we're going to have an opportunity to adore him in the Blessed Sacrament. Thank him for our family. Thank him for our country. Thank him for all of his creation. And thank him for the church 
which is guiding us along the right path, giving us a vehicle with which to worship him and with which to live our life and navigate our life and our journey toward the summit. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please email ascend at olgcparish.net with any questions, comments, or feedback. Also, check out our Facebook page, at Ascend OLGC, for more content as well as information on our summer events for college students and recent graduates. Our mission at Ascend College Ministry is to help young adults develop an abiding relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ and equip them to live a life of discipleship and mission. I hope that this podcast will help you along your journey of faith. God bless.